Welcome to the Restore Body Balance podcast, where we combine psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance. And I'm Nico Yatanis, co-producer of this podcast. Today's topic is the science of happiness. Colleen, that seems to be what we are all striving for these days, especially during the pandemic. The pursuit of happiness can understandably seem far away for some or harder to achieve during these times. So let's dive right in as I'm sure we are all excited to hear more about the science behind happiness. Yes, Nico, I decided for our science series that this might need to be included, especially during our current climate. There's a growing body of research that supports that there is a clear connection between our mind and body. I saw this firsthand at the Benson Henry Institute, studying at the Massachusetts General Hospital in collaboration with the Department of Psychiatry at Harvard University. Here, when I studied mind-body medicine and became certified to teach their world-renowned program, SMART, which stands for Stress Management and Resiliency Training, in short, we learned how to antidote stress. So when we are stressed, we are certainly not happy. There are well-controlled studies that support this research, and they include a few key components. Firstly, having a positive mental attitude, reappraising your situation for the better, surrounding yourself with happy, healthy people who support you, maintaining a healthy lifestyle, of course, exercise, and developing a meditation and mindfulness practice. Combined, they make us less stressed and ultimately happier. Scientifically speaking, the brilliant minds at Harvard University and Massachusetts General Hospital, pioneered by the great Dr. Herbert Benson, they identified three key buffers to stress and increased resiliency. And that's the idea that we feel safe, pleasure, and power, or having the sense of power. So think about it. When we are less stressed, we are more able to deal with the daily pressures of life. And ultimately, again, we just feel happier. That makes sense. So are happy people healthier or is it the other way around? Are healthier people just generally more happy? I know the mood in a juice bar seems a lot lighter than a sub shop, for example. <laughs> That's a great example. I love it. Well, scientifically speaking, it's both, right? See, when we look at neural changes that are happening in our body really all the time, that is what we call the mind-body connection. Take socialization. We are in tune with others and we secrete oxytocin, which is a powerful hormone that influences social bonding. It also regulates social attachment trust, and connectedness. And take the opposite when we are stressed or we don't feel safe. Stress activates the ACTH production, which is adrenocorticotropic hormone, which increases cortisol levels. And we've discussed that week after week, what cortisol does to our body. In short, it helps us get out of the way, but it's our built-in alarm system, so to speak. It's your body's main stress hormone, and it works with certain parts of your brain to control your mood, 
motivation, and fear. Then take a psychosocial stressor. With our current climate, this all leads to cellular oxidative stress. So we need to learn how to manage these stressors and build resilience. And our listeners, please remember, resilience is the body's ability to adapt to changing and challenging life situations. So while there is no magic pill, Nico, to be happier, we can build skills of adaptive responses to chronic stressors in daily living and even enhance our resiliency by developing attitudes and behaviors that promote well-being. And having a sense of well-being means we are happier. I remember from a previous podcast, you mentioned that Dr. Benson's research points to 60 to 90% of doctor visits are for stress-related conditions, and that he and his team concluded that optimal health is a balance of both medical and self-care, so we can influence our mental and physical health. So I guess I partially addressed my own question. If we are physically healthier, we are happier. And when we are happier, we are in fact healthier. Great job, Nico. So let's piggyback off that point you just mentioned. And we'll go back to our podcast when we did the episode on the blue zones. Now again, listeners, the blue zones are geographic zones that share nine lifestyle habits that improve mental and physical fitness. These zones are home to the oldest and happiest people who live long, fulfilling lives. And in these nine lifestyle practices, we see many of the same characteristics I just mentioned. A few, I will say, are having a specific diet like the Mediterranean diet. They have an exercise routine and a general attitude. It's basically living a great quality of life. They eat whole foods, especially plants that are high in antioxidants to bring down that inflammation we mentioned last week. Their environment is conducive to happiness with socialization, support, sleep, and less stress. Communities help with childcare, cooking, even finances when needed. And exercise is fun and enjoyable, or just part of the culture, like herding cattle. And they spend time with family and in nature. So scientifically speaking, if we do not do these typical stressors that we like to think of, like smoking, drinking to excess, or not being in good physical shape, we just simply have to look at including a healthy diet and some exercise. And yes, of course, when we are healthier, we just feel better and therefore are just generally happier. And then you could also add in a satisfying job or relationship, and that can also increase happiness. There's also things like career, sense of purpose, and of course, finances, which can curtail our level of happiness, and of course, stress. So when we look at that, this is what we refer to as allostatic loading on the body, or oxidative stress, that causes that fight or flight response, not to mention inflammation, both in the brain, our gut, and will essentially our entire body. But this is the exciting piece. This is where we can antidote stress, scientifically speaking. And don't forget, when we're in fight or flight, that oxidative stress means 
our body, our heart needs to pump more oxygen to our muscles and our body parts that are going to help us get out of danger or fight or flee or freeze. So how do we antidote this stress and stop that allostatic loading on the body? I describe it to my clients if we could just all get an image in our brain of picturing a glass of water filled right to the brim. Therefore, every added drop, there is a spillover. Or even try to pick up that glass of water that's filled to the brim. There's a spillover. Sometimes you need to take a little sip to get it down before you can transport it. So that is antidoting stress. Just getting that glass even a quarter of the way down allows us to handle any of the additional stressors that each day can invariably bring. A lot of these topics are covered in your book, Prescription for Change. Maybe this episode could serve as a prescription for happiness. Following with the eight shifts in the book could result in a happier, more balanced life. Well, again, Nico, I hear you. And I wrote the book for that reason. No, there's no magic pill again and magic formula, but we do have a prescription for change. Hence the title of my book. And that's why my practice is built on the psychology of the mind, the biology of the body, and the neurology of that wonderful habituated brain. And if you want to read the book, just head over to restorebodybalance.com slash book. I'll also share a few personal anecdotes. I mentioned last week in our podcast that my son never slept and he was very colicky and cranky. I remember going to the pediatrician with my husband to find out what could potentially be going on for him. Perhaps it was medical. And the great Dr. Gregory Young of Longwood Pediatrics here in Boston gave a full examination and then took out his prescription pad. Phew, I thought, now we will have an answer, a potential solution. And he wrote, go to the movies, Colleen, and ripped it off the pad, and then wrote another one and gave it to my husband, which said, hire a babysitter and take your wife to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I'll also throw a pop culture reference into the mix. The show... Shit's Creek, which recently made history winning every single award in the comedy category at the Emmy Awards. Critics have called it the happiest show on the internet that reminds us to be kinder to ourselves. So it kind of does play into this episode. And there's an episode of that show where one of the main characters, David, who's played by Daniel Levy, he starts freaking out because he thinks that he's having a heart attack. But it turns out he was just experiencing anxiety. And the doctor reacted in a similar way to your anecdote, Colleen, where he wrote David a prescription to just relax. (laughs) That's great. I'll have to check that out. I love a good laugh. So while there's no prescription in the truest sense, we can antidote stress by taking a break, being around loved ones, etc. It antidotes stress and it builds resilience, especially when we go back to developing a greater bandwidth to deal with a cranky newborn, for example. It did not mean that he was going to stop crying or sleep any longer. I just had a better way of handling it. So in a sense, it's not just up to ourselves to be happy. We need satisfaction in our lives as well. Because the same is true if we suffer from depression or poverty or look at our worlds today with inequality in our society, the political climate and the pandemic, for example. 
Absolutely, Nico. Sometimes we cannot change our circumstances, but we can build our resilience. And that's the work of SMART, stress management and resiliency training. That training, while I was at the Benson Henry Institute, was, I have to say, Nico, brutal. Not only was it filled with tons of biology and neurology and and medical terms, I also had the pleasure of sitting in groups with people who were going through the SMART program. They had suffered strokes, tragic loss, or were in chronic pain. It was heart-wrenching. But I kid you not, after we taught them how to antidote stress and build their resilience, they were in fact less stressed and dare I say, happier. I don't believe I'm going to say this. It's not like you can have cancer and be happier, but people that were grateful because they lost their eyelashes to have them grow back. I mean, when's the last time you were grateful for having eyelashes? You know, it does work to build your resilience. And there is in fact a formula or prescription like the aforementioned. Let's call them key ingredients. In my practice, Restore Body Balance, we do just that, developing an individualized treatment plan to find out exactly what would improve your mental and physical well-being. And then we use your lifestyle as medicine. And for more information on that, you can head to the website at www.restorebodybalance.com. Well, Colleen, there are certainly hundreds of self-help books, tests, and online quizzes that I have seen to measure happiness or provide the answers to happiness. Let's face it, we live in a stressful environment and we cannot always turn off stress, make money instantly, or cure illness. But what you're saying is that despite all of that, we can still find a way to be happy, right? Right, and I would use the term happier which in fact, listeners, is a book by Tal Ben-Shahar. I used to give it out to my clients before writing my own. It's a great read. He's a professor at Harvard University, and it's a wonderful way for him to describe about, let's not focus on being happiest. Let's just focus on being happier. But let's go back to Dr. Gregory Young. So, Let's have a throwback. Now, even 10 years later, this past Friday, I took my daughter to Longwood Pediatrics because she was having radiating neck pain and shoulder pain. After a thorough examination by Dr. Young, and by the way, I just love him as he's an amazing physician with bedside manner to really relate to children. So, He, you know, sat up on the exam table, which was great. And he looked at my daughter and started asking questions. Are you stressed? Not really, she answered. How are things at home? Oh, just fine, she responded. Well, what about like friendships? And, you know, are you getting outside? Are you playing with your friends? "Ah, I think things are okay, I guess, she said nonchalantly. Then he started asking specific questions like, Well, what does it feel like to be online in school all day? That, you know, virtual bit. Oh, well, I don't know. It's not so great. And do you ever go play with your friends outside? Well, not really. Because of COVID, we're not really socializing these days. And when's the last time you rode at the barn? And are you going outside at all for fresh air and exercise? Not to mention... 
What does it feel like to have everybody at home, like your mom and your dad and your brother and your dog? And then, of course, came the flurry of sighs and melancholy answers. I don't really see my friends, and my brother screams with his online gaming all day, and we're all eating at different times, and I'm in Zoom class for six hours a day, and my eyes and my back hurts. So basically, the diagnosis was, she's stressed, in fight or flight all the time, thus that tight neck and shoulders. He educated her on mind-body medicine and the art and science just behind breathing properly to antidote stress. He mentioned apps like Calm and Headspace and even the breathing app on the iWatch or iPhone. So listeners, sometimes we don't even realize all the stress we internalize. Just voicing it either with friends or family members or a professional exercising, breathing properly, meditation and mindfulness, all antidote stress. And when we are less stressed, we tend to be at peace and well, quite frankly, just happier. Also, it helps just being able to bounce back. That's also building resilience. And again, the aforementioned is all based on scientific evidence. Those are great points, Colleen. And there are tons of apps available that also will help you voice out all of your stress. I use Headspace all the time. There's also Calm and 10% Happier. And then there's also courses like on LinkedIn and Learning that address certain elements of stress like posture from sitting on Zoom with the TechNet course, which I've been meaning to check out. Those are great resources, Nico. Thank you. You know, speaking of which... I was thinking this morning, right before we were going to record the podcast, you know, I was ticking off things on my to-do list and I was always moving, trying to get things ready for dinner tonight, etc. And I realized, wow, we are never truly present. We're always working harder, trying to get ahead. And perhaps it's working toward a promotion or making more money or leveling up our education. And that's all well and good. But to forget that when we're not actually truly present or focusing on what we are having to do or what we didn't do or what we don't have or what we do want, we're not really grateful. So when we compare ourselves to other people, we start getting caught up with what we need to achieve or chores that need to get done, but we're delaying happiness right? I will never forget when when Peg Bame, the clinical director of the Benson Henry Clinic, taught me to fold my laundry mindfully. She said, think to yourself, look how my children have grown and appreciate them, bringing in gratitude or take just being present doing the dishes. Now, don't laugh, Nico. I collect dish towels (laughs) and truly I become very present and happy when I dry my dishes using a towel from a great vacation like Bermuda or up in the Canadian Rockies. I think back to a time of happy memories of being relaxed with my family and it antidotes the chore of doing the dishes or even listeners, you can literally just do the dishes focusing on just the simple task of doing the dishes. 
So when I'm looking at the next achievement or when we're looking to our future to secure financial success, we're just delaying our current ability to just be present and happy for what we have now. Not to mention all of that going into the future or lamenting the past is just wreaking havoc on the mind and body as we know. That's allostatic loading and oxidative stress and it does bad things to our body at a very scientific cellular level. And this multitasking just gets us caught up in the stress-based response again. But what is truly satisfying is to be in the safe and sound parasympathetic nervous system of rest and relax, rest and restore, rest and digest, and rest and reproduce. Now, I'm not saying don't work hard to achieve your goals. Of course, that's my entire program. But we do need to learn to be present in the moment as well. Having gratitude, reappraising our situations when they're not great, and trying really hard to have positive expectations. I'm sparing our listeners all of the geeky science end of things, but using our lifestyle practices can support our resiliency and happiness. And our listeners could go to our podcast on stress to learn more because there are in fact neural changes that happen in the body when we are stressed and that allostatic loading and oxidative stress makes any illness or condition worse. And we can measure now and see changes in the mind-body interactions from the cerebral cortex to the antioxidizing mechanisms. And the adaptive strategies that we just mentioned antidotes the stress, gets that glass down, and helps us at a deep cellular level. Meditating alone, we see changes in the hippocampus and the amygdala. And the latest research shows actual changes in gene expression. Proteins and enzymes are different when we evoke that relaxation response in the parasympathetic nervous system. This means diseases and stress on our bodies and brains all deflame, not to mention the cellular aging that changes genes that control the immune system. That's the mind-body connection, Nico. There's no doubt about it. That's so important, Colleen. There seems to be quite a bit of science behind being happy, and also the state of mind we find ourselves in. Can you tell us more on how to find more happiness in our lives? Well, Nico, we all have the capacity to change. Inborn natural ways to counteract the harmful effects of stress. Being present in the moment and having gratitude, not to mention a positive attitude, all does help. And we know scientifically speaking, it antidotes stress. It does get that glass down. See, as we go through life, we build these highly complex set of neural loops. They are separate, but yet integrated. Some are good, and it does things for us by default. Some are cortisol loops, so it helps to have a healthy attachment to people, food, social relationships. And remember, stop lamenting on the past and let's not forge too far into the future. These are attachment loops too. We're just trying to work things out in the brain. We're telling stories, reliving bad things in the past. That just makes us unhappy. 
So we need to actually stop that heavy loading on the body and just be present. It doesn't feel good to go back in the past and getting the anxiety of the future and what that will bring really is also another habit loop. But being present in the moment is real. And that can make us just happy. We have a lot going on in our bodies. We certainly do, Colleen. I know I get so caught up on getting my to-do list done only just to fill it up again. I rarely save the aha moment of actually accomplishing that task. I think it will make me feel happy and satisfied, but I am just on to the next task. I am the king of multitasking, for better or for worse. I know, it's easy to do, Nico. And again, research demonstrates that when we are completely ensconced in the moment and tune in to with what we are doing, not only do we experience joy and pleasure, but we are actually more productive. Studies right here at our own local Harvard University have proven this over and over. Saturdays at the barn with my daughter are not quote unquote productive for me. In my old sense, right? I would try to be doing something while she was at the barn. And we had some friends social distancing on our porch this weekend, and they asked me, what do you do that entire time? I mean, seriously, you're there for like five hours. And I responded, I just watch. I occasionally get to hug Mr. Dots. I also just pet him. He's so soft and so loving, and believe me, scientifically proven to release that oxytocin, folks. I'm just present, and truly, Nico, I am just the happiest there. I can't wait to go back, truly. I just sit and watch. I'm really not doing anything but just being present. That's a great example, Colleen. Another way you incorporate mindfulness into your programs is just like when you offer the Quip toothbrush to your clients as an unconventional tool. You just ask them to simply brush their teeth, which sounds easy, but it can be kind of hard. Brushing your teeth mindfully, forgetting about running through the automatic train of thought about all of the have-tos for that day. Instead, just clearing the mind and focusing on brushing each tooth. Well, Colleen, I guess there is a whole lot of science behind happiness. Any concluding remarks or tips for our listeners? Well, sure, Nico. I know our listeners already know this, but it can't help to remind everyone. Of course, bring your mind into the present whenever possible. If you're doing a task or enjoying time with your children or partner or friend, just be present in that moment. It antidotes stress. Trust me. And try to take a break from social media and technology. Just get out in nature and go for a walk. You know, I have on my Instagram, try to find Roy G. Biv, the colors of the rainbow, or try to get the five senses engaged. What did I see? What did I smell? What did I taste? What did I touch today? And my word, just breathe. Focus on your breath. Go to my my favorite doctor, Dr. Andrew Wiles website or YouTube channel to learn his four, seven, eight breath. Breathe into the nose to the count of four, hold it to the count of seven and breathe out to the count of eight. Just one four, seven, eight breath puts you in that wonderful parasympathetic nervous system eliciting the relaxation response. And of course, experience pleasure right this is also stress management life is hard but we can build resilience and adapt our stress management techniques 
Then, of course, we need to learn how to bounce back after setbacks. Maybe engaging with a health coach or someone like me to support and guide you back. Connect with friends, family, and just be present. Those are all great resources, Colleen. And thank you once again. We learned a great deal in our science series. That kind of concludes our science series for now. And all of these short and simple episodes can tell so much about things that occur during our daily lives. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Restore Body Balance podcast. If you want to hear more from us, you can click the subscribe button or you can visit us on the web at restorebodybalance.com to hear more about our programs and read the book on change.